Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Romans chapter 7. Can we have it yeah, up? NIV, please. I just want us to read the entire chapter and then we would um, we'll just go on to just gist about it and I'll try to be as um, as cool. Nah, I can't, I can't compete. Any, anything you see on me that is cool, it is Bobby. Understand? <laughs> so, I don't think I can compete, but you know, I'll just try as much as possible to make the word as experiential as possible. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you both sad? How happy now? Eh? How you see the matter? Amen. Okay, it's not coming up. I'm just going to proceed. He says, do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as the person lives. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ and you might belong to another, to him who has raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we brought fruit for death. But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Praise God. I'm going to wait and then we'll keep reading and you know, I'll just touch this first six. Then we'll read seven to like um, 12 and we'll go again. You know, I remember when I was reading this um, chapter again yesterday. I first I read it again when I woke up at some point in the afternoon, and the thing just sound like audible from my ear. I say, waiting this for the written code of the flesh of the sin of the law of the spirit of the. Ah, I've preached this gospel for many years now, but yesterday the thing just you know it was just turning on you. You understand? So I had to sit down, wash my face sat down. I carried my uh, Bluetooth phones, put them on my ear well. I played it again. But this time I didn't listen with my ears. I listened with my spirit. And I said, Lord, I know what I know. I know that if you ask me to teach about the law, you ask me to teach about sin, ask me to teach about death, ask me to teach about the Holy Ghost and the work that Christ did for us, I can preach it. I said, but God, I don't want to come to you as though I already know everything that there is to know about you. I'll be ripping myself off. I say, because you are the inexhaustible God. Every day that I come to you, there is something that you want me to learn. And the first point of contact between me and you is not just your spirit, but your spirit is opened up 
by reason of your word. I say, so show me another part of you. Show me another place in you. Show me another part of the law, another part of the spirit, another part of Christ's sin and death. I said, please give me understanding. As I began to read from verse 1, it says, Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I'm speaking to those who know the law. So at this point, the writer was not talking to um, just anybody. He wasn't talking to a man on the street. He wasn't talking to somebody who had never had any kind of religious background. He was talking to someone who was acquainted with the law. The word no that was used here is the same word that is used for a husband and a wife when they have sexual intercourse. And so he was talking to people who understand the law. People who have gone into it. Who can meander around it. Who can tell you, no, this is not what Moses said. This is not what Joshua said. This is not the ritual. This is not the rites that you are meant to perform. So he says, I'm talking to those of you who know the law. He says, there's no, I'm not trying to come and tell you that the law does not exist. Neither am I trying to come and tell you that the law is not powerful. So in the same way, I know my husband very well. That sometimes he doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to say anything. I'll just look at his face. I'll just understand what he's saying that he's not saying. You understand that kind of knowledge? <laughs> and then there are times that he will say many things. And I will look at him. I'll know that the thing he's saying is not what he's really saying. There's another thing that he's saying he does not know how to say. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You know? So he said, and the reason why I know him is because we have given ourselves time. And we have been naked to each other emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally. And with time, that has grown into a knowledge that does not need introduction. So Paul said, I am talking to those of you who have given yourself to the law. And the law has given itself to you. And every day of your life, you have spent time trying to fulfill the law. You have lived in the, in the rituals and the performance of the law. And you have lived with the burden of failure for so long. He said, you are the one I'm talking to. I'm not talking to the guy on the street that was not a Jew. I'm talking to you who has everything already stored in your head. He says, hear me. As far as you are alive, as far as a man is alive or a woman is alive, they are bound to their wives. He says, but when one dies, you are then released from that um, bond that you have. It's a spiritual law as much as it's a physical law. So Paul was saying, I'm using this example so that you can get it clearly. Because a woman cannot be married to a man and then tomorrow no divorce, nothing. You just say, don't marry another man. How now? Obviously, what you did with this second person is not, cannot hold. Because you still have a legal contract with this other person. You know, I think that that thing that Paul was talking about was very critical. Because you see, many of us in quotes talk about how we have come to Christ but many of us still pride ourselves in our knowledge of the law we still pride ourselves in our keeping of the law listen I'm not saying the law is wrong we still get to the law but we still pride ourselves in our ability to keep the law without the spirit what you are doing is that you are reenacting a covenant that cannot produce life let me tell you I am not talking about something that I don't know I'm talking about something that I have experienced. And the higher you go in God, and the higher you go in your service to God, and the more you experience the life of ministry and calling, the easier it is for you to become dependent on yourself. 
So this scripture that Paul is saying is not is is in the physical sense to those who know the law in terms of the Jews, but in a sense of spiritual and in a sense of typology, is also talking to those of you who have grown in the love in the Lord and have come to know His ways. There is the propensity for you to become dependent on yourself. I have seen it happen several times. I have seen times when God has delivered me from a problem before. And then when I get to that road, he has delivered me maybe once, two, three times. And when I get to that road the fourth time, I want to apply the wisdom that he used for me two, two times ago. And I feel I don't need the Lord. I don't pray about it. I just believe this is what I ought to do. And I have seen myself die a thousand times over. And I am asking, why am I dying? But I'm doing the right thing now. See, it's just service. You do like this, you do like this, you do like this. You go work out now. I mean, we've done this thing for how many years? Since I've been 18, I've been doing ministry. You know, that's when your, your ministry showed apart, we go up. You understand? This is me, apostolic, prophetic woman of God. Praise Jesus. Now, dear, they lead to death. Oh. You understand? That's the part that leads to death. And so Paul said, you know, It is a subtle submission that produces life. The place where you are constantly in humility and you are able, even if you know, to just check with the Lord. Because you are journeying with someone. He did not come to die so that only you will walk into heaven by yourself. He died so that he would journey with you on the earth because heaven is a given. So without his and a relationship with him, constantly as you live this life of Christ, what he did on the cross is a waste. And you know the thing about God is that it is impossible to know the mind of God completely on any matter. It is impossible. Because of who he is. He is the endless wisdom. So even on a matter like white is white, God can explain to you to the extent where white will now become black. I'm not joking. He can explain it to you to the point where you find out that white is not really white. There are other hidden components under white that causes it to become white. He's the, so when he relates with you, he will relate with you at the point of your understanding. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So if my son should ask me today if he sees two people kissing on the TV, mommy, what is kiss? You think it's me now that I'll be telling my six-year-old son that you know there's a way in which a man I wish you feel. As you point your mouth towards the person's mouth. You, am I going, I'm not going to go into all those details. I'm just going to say, oh, boo-boo, you know, come, come, come to mama. I see that. You see, it's just because I love you. Nadia, go end. It gets some kind of detail. Not my mouth to go here. It need to grow. In the same way, there are some things God will never explain to you. So you cannot define God by the things he told you yesterday. So the law in this case, when we hear the law, we tend to think that the law is the Ten Commandments that Moses brought. God is bigger than stone. Ten numbers, my God. Inside each commandment, is an endless expression of the intention of God concerning humanity in that regard. 
endless extension. You cannot. So the law is not that written code by which man should be judged. No. The law that we saw and the law that we receive is simply a doorway and simply a picture that was painted for us so that our imaginations can expand. The law is not troublesome. The law is not bad. The law in itself was to draw us into a place where we begin to ask about the intentions of God. But you see, a man that you do not love and a man that you cannot love you cannot have a natural desire to know his heart. It is love that causes you to ask, to inquire, to know. So the law, yes, initially, was meant to bring us to a place where we realize that there is more. It was not just about being Israel. It was not just about the promise of God to Abraham. It was not just about Isaac and Jacob. It was for the people to know that there is more. But you see, they did not have the capacity to seek and to inquire and to bring about the revelation that was intended. Mama Gio, I greet you. <laughs> so, can we move on, please? He says the law has authority over someone as long as the person lives. It says, but for example, by law, a man married a woman and is bound to her, and as long as he is alive, but if her husband dies, she's released from the law that binds her to him. So we're bound to the law. I believe Prophet Adam touched on some of these things. We're bound to the law because we're alive. We're alive in the flesh, and God gave us the law. So there was a death that was necessary for us to die. <laughs> you see, when Paul said something like, I die daily, you see, the things about scripture is. Everything in the Bible um, is like realms and portals by which you journey into God. So you look at a simple act of maybe Abraham killing Isaac or wanting to kill Isaac. Inside that small thing, you can explain a thousand things. You can bring out several concepts about God. And several um, understanding about how to deal with life. Today I was reading, reading about the law. And I was reading about our inability to fulfill and all of that. There was another concept God gave me about work and staff and people. And how sometimes, even in organizations, you have the law. And say this is how you should be. This is your job role. This is your JD and all of that. The people have the spirit. Because the law condemns the spirit and powers. And so without the spirit, it is impossible for anyone to fulfill the law. You will constantly fall short of it. And the spirit is what we now call culture, organizational culture. How we do things here, who we are. And so you can be the smartest person working in Google. The moment you come and you join people of influence, you may make terrible mistakes. Because you are bringing the culture of Google into a ministry. And that's not how we do things here. So you will always fail according to the law. But if I put the spirit of the ministry in you, I teach you according to the spirit, the blueprint and the pattern by which the Lord has commanded us to build. Then the knowledge you had from Google is empowered by the spirit. And then you can fulfill and you can be a blessing to the house. But that's just law and spirit. 
There are so many other things, even in marriage. Where two people get married, at least there's marriages don't last or two. Sometimes you see marriage one month, they've ended. Are you asking yourself, what is going on? It's because the two people got married, but they were never one. They left their houses, they left their families, but they came together as two individuals. But you see, the essence of marriage is unity and oneness. As long as one does not take the time to show the other one who they are, what they are doing, and where they are going, but most especially the man. If you do not take the time to show the wife what the blueprint is, I don't even say shout it to her. Neither did I say blow it into her. You understand? But how did Jesus do his own? He died first for her. He gave everything that he is. He carried on himself all her weaknesses. He said, yes, I understand. Yes. You don't like to cook. Okay. You don't like to wash clothes. No problem. But try and wash your underwear. You know, just basic things. <laughs> he carried all her weaknesses. Took his time to understand it. First. Uh -huh. Then he began to show her. He said, my babe. Look at what I'm telling you. You see this bad habit when you get so. When it is an only me, no one day, one day, many when they hide go show. You get. So one day people go no say, you know, they brush. <laughs> because if it tell you now, you no go hear me. But one day you go go office, you go go work. You will say hi. <laughs> you understand? And at the mention of hallelujah, that which was hidden will be exposed. Small, 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 small. Jesus began to teach the bride. Then he began to empower her. So in the night where she has changed her clothes, she wants to say, ah, baby, the way this sleep is doing me, he will just say, I want to see toothbrush and water. <laughs> just try now, just brush. Little by little, she started liking to brush. Do you understand? The spirit is not a standard. That was the law. The spirit is imparted so that it can live with you and be with you. So Jesus said, I am going, but I am sending you the Holy Spirit. And he will not only be upon you, but he will dwell in you. And he will lead you and lure you into all truth. The Lord did not have that capacity. But the spirit dwells in you and it empowers and it strengthens you and it draws you into the intentions of God that is how you lead because that is how we have been led so you see this law, this sin, this death matter is a very serious one so every day as a child born of the spirit it's not so that you can brag and be once again what I call pentirascal you know, we are not under the law. We are under grace. Because grace has worked within me. You didn't shout grace. You didn't do pornography for us. You didn't shout grace. You don't get respect for anybody. The tribe, they build, go right. You they build, go left. But now you want home microphone. Grace. It's an empowerment. Empowerment to live by the standard of, the, of God. That's why the spirit is here. That's why the spirit is here. Because you will fail by the law. And you know the thing about sin. The word sin in itself is missing the mark. And so that's why you say, ah, 
But he says he has come to deliver us from the law of sin and death. He said, wow, we have spirit. But why do I see sin? Yeah. Because once again, remember what I first said. He is the inexhaustible God. In your flesh, you cannot know him. But the spirit reveals that which is in the mind of God. And the thing about obedience is that the more you obey God, the more you become godly. So it's not a state. It's a journey. So you don't just arrive at it. You have arrived at it because you are in Christ. But you grow into the nature and stature of it in Christ. Are we still together? So um, God expects us to keep joining. But you see, because it's about missing the mark, we constantly miss it. I'm telling you the truth. It's like you come up here to minister. I remember somewhere I went to minister and I sinned. Yeah. Even though I was holding the microphone. And after, you know, people said, ah, happy eye of the most high. Same message. But in my heart, in the spirit within me, I knew I had missed it. Because as I sat in the congregation, I, I had it right, McFoy. I knew what the Lord wanted. But somewhere inside the service, the service just turned left. Just a worker going on. Just a, one guy climbed the stage. He just shared one testimony. The testimony grieved the Holy Ghost, Lily. The service just worker, they go. I didn't look. I looked the pastor. See service, they go. But the pastor, the, I thought, what's happening here? The atmosphere just changed completely. Nobody caught it all. Testimony, fear, pack, 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 pack. That's why we love this church. Somebody shout. <laughs> your vein, they come out. Service don't go. Everybody shouted. Ah, I said, Lord. What do I do? But you see, the service was so it was set in stone. The team like the pastor's suit. You know the cut and joint body. The service was, you can't move it. When I looked the arrangement of the choir, I looked the arrangement of the chair. One chair leg not come up past the other chair. Excellent. I told myself, I said, see, Today, choose ye whom you will serve. I said, God, they have. Now, these people, they here. I said, God, nervous. Let me just follow their protocol first. You know? So, as I went up, Freddy, I knew what I was supposed to. Remember, I was still on scene. I knew what I was supposed to do was bring it back. Till an ambracaton is a diva. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. You know, it takes one man to invite God into a place. <laughs> yeah. Bible says that the day that Moses awoke and he said to himself, Ah, I am meant to be the deliverer. He said that day, the Lord heard the cry of the Israelites. Only one man. But alas, I preach it now as a sermon because I've learned obedience through the things I suffered. <laughs> I went up there. 
me be. And I just held them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Such a blessed service. Such a, such a blessed place. Put your hands together for the man of God. Amen. <laughs> yeah, his beautiful wife, our pastor, mommy in the house. But because, you see, honorarium is involved. You understand? So, you know, just, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise Jesus, you know. The Holy Ghost said, is he stop? Is he stop? I hear what? I go here. No, I'm going for congregation. So I said, now let's open our Bibles. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. I brought a powerful word from the throne room of God. Mare Mahaya, hallelujah. I opened my Bible. Truly, really, that's there I knew it was written in Hebrew and Greek. It was like I saw the original. I could not understand it. I looked the Bible. I turned the front. I said, I see Bible, I can't come off for house now. Perhaps let me try my journal. Open my journal. That's the day I know that the thing that is written by the Spirit, you cannot read it in the flesh. Even my handwriting, I know it be like many, many take in a I know that any ah oh, father, I want to preach. Don't let me be playing. You know, so I didn't understand anything. That's how I, I, I look up, I say, Praise God. I said, remember, oh my, you know, secondary school, I did impromptu speech. Yeah. Still, Freddy, I did not repent. I just got, I say, you know, I bring to you a rare word. <laughs> it, may not, it may not sound like what you're expecting, but believe me, it's the word. Say, even me, answer the preacher of it. Then I pause. Me that my words don't to finish when I'm in the spirit. I couldn't, yes, I couldn't find word. Then my blouse couldn't fall. You know, everything was just going wrong. What's happening? I just quickly round up. Do you know, as I dropped the microphone, I sat down. Shame. And that's the thing. Because there are stages to sing. And then the place it will take you to before it takes you to death is shame. Because shame makes you want to turn away from God. Like Adam did. And then after shame is self-preservation. You begin to tell yourself the reason why you did everything that is right that you could have possibly done right. Then once you enter self-preservation, still you don't repent. Know that death is near you. King. Still, you don't repent. So, as I came, I sat down. I would say, I was ashamed of myself. Of course, everybody went sit down. Steph, no, no. Pastor came up. My God, my God. Put your hands together. Oh, let's just begin to pray for this mighty woman of God. I say, mighty. He said, my mind. I knew that at that moment, I was as small as whatever before heaven. I sat on the chair. I couldn't wait for his service to finish. Service finished. I just, I just tried to run out. They tried. People were talking to me. I ran. I just ran away. I said, "Dad, the guy say hi." I told my sister and I went. I say hi. Pray for me. Shame, 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 shame. I say, see, but you don't care what people say. What happened to you? 
What happened to you? What happened to me was that I did not expect it. I did not expect it. I went there to preach a sermon. But I didn't go there to experience God. So I didn't expect it. You know, and I just did what my flesh could do. Now, we're still on the, the topic of sin, death, law, and all of this. So when Paul was talking, there are different states. So there is the realm that is seen. There is the man of sin. But there is also the act of sin. So before we got born again, we're living in that realm of sin. And we're known as men of sin. But then when we got born again, we are not in that realm and we are not that man. But we can commit the act. And so I realized that it is possible to miss the mark. So Paul was talking about an old self. In theory, but in the reality of life and living, it is something that is still possible into, even to the new man. Because sin is not just the act of killing, committing, or converting your neighbor's goods. When you come into God, it is higher than that, and the bar keeps increasing. <laughs> when you come into God, sin can be as small as, I don't even know how to explain it. Maybe Fede says something to me. And typically, it should be something I should get upset about. But I cannot even afford to be upset. You know? It's not that I choose not to. I cannot afford. And then it's not only that I am not upset. But I also, in that moment, show Fede love. Because, you know, like the Bible says, if your brother has a hurt against you and you want to give offering, he says, go back. And he says, it's not even just that. Now you verse the person, the person verse you, now you do you bad. But don't give your offering till you go back and reconcile. And say, ah, ah, Lily. It's like you are angry, what happened? Meanwhile, it's obvious that Lily, that Lily calls you for a road. You understand? Take her and stone you. In the presence of 20 people. So if we don't want to judge the matter, now Lily do bad. Even though she said that because she get belay. You understand? <laughs> so you have a point and you can justify it. But don't you go back because as long as you keep holding it and keep saying, Imagine Lily did this, that in itself on another level is sin. So, as you read Romans 7, don't read it and be saying, You know, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Now we are a new man. No, the word of God is active, is alive. At every time you are reading it, it is potent towards you. You understand what I'm saying? So we must know how to take the sword sometimes and stab our own self. The word of God. It's not only for you to use to point to the enemy or for you to use to judge people. It's for you to use to, to carry out surgical operation yourself. So you take it and you wait and you check it and you say, Lord, Holy Spirit, if you wait, you will see that it's easy for all of us to miss the mark. And dead. That's why that death is important. And I found out that that death is not only the death we died by burial with Christ and resurrection with Christ as we gave our lives to him, but it is the continual death. It is the daily death. Daily, 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 daily. Daily we receive the power to die. Daily we receive the power to rise up. Daily we receive the power. That's why we have defeated death. So death is no more the D word. You know they fear I'm again. Because every day you experience it. Every day you live on this earth 
and live in the heavenly realm more. That's how we are transformed. And so Paul was talking, I'm just going to rush because I know it's time for us to, he says, um, he says, but if her husband dies, she's released from the law. So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law, through the body of Christ. He wasn't talking about the church. He was talking about the physical body of sacrifice of Christ. We died to the law through that physical body that you may belong to another so that we can marry somebody else. We had to die to the law. Now, this is how it is. The law is here. Sin and death is here. And spirit and life is here. And the law is sitting as the judge. And so when we think about the law, we think this terrible thing, but the same law that released sin and death. Oh, no, it didn't release sin. By which sin was empowered to produce death in us. is the same law by which spirit was empowered to release life to us. So the law in itself is not bad. The law is righteous and good and stands on its own. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So the law, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in itself was not bad. But it produced death in us. Because of the intention with which we ate it. In the same way, the law in itself is not bad. But it released death in us. Because of sin that lived within us. And sin held us captive. And we were slaves to sin. So see, we could not wake up and decide. And so at some point, the writer began to say, even though in my mind, I delight in the law of God, but my body performs the desires of sin because I am its slave. So this is not really just about, and it's about slavery, captivity, ownership, and authority. And he says, because I'm its slave, it had the ability to walk his desires through me. He says, but now, that's why we had to die. To be released from their bond. Because if you read the laws of slavery in those days, when you were someone's slave, everything you, you owned belonged to the person. Down to your children, your wife. Your slave master could decide that they are taking your wife and kids from you. There was nothing, you could not fight it. Those were the laws of slavery. So when Paul used the word slave here, he knew what he was talking about. We were outside of Christ, forget it. Do you know, as I read Romans 7 every time, it increases in me, it gives me again the heart of an intercessor. It makes me pray for people who are outside of Christ. Because I have friends, I know people. I interact, I used to work in organizations. So I know Muslims, I know people from all kinds of religions. And you know when you meet some people, it makes you question your faith. I'm not kidding. Where I used to work, there were many Muslims there. Some of them were the most fantastic. In fact, there was one of them. She's one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. Whether in Christ or outside of Christ. In keeping with the law, she's such a wonderful person. Well behaved. Not a vain word comes out of her mouth. She meets her prayer times like Daniel. She's a Muslim. Kind-hearted. Full of wisdom. Diligent at her job. She will check on you at the right time. She will call you when you need. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I say, God, this Mohammedan. We'll check him again. I'm not doubting, but there must be a life that is making this lady like this. You know? But you see, if you met the Pharisees in their time that kept the law, they seemed good. But you see, the problem with that law they kept is that that's not really the law. 
Those were just ten commandments. The law is more vast than that. And without the spirit, you cannot know the true intentions of God. So what they did did not have the power to release life in them. Neither could it give them eternal life. So it's not about moral standard. It's not about how good and kind you are. It's about the spirit. So when I read Romans 7 again, ah, it makes me pray for that lady. Because what can I say to her if she does not experience the spirit firsthand? What will I tell her? She goes to Instagram. She sees Bella Nanja, all the news about pastors and churches. And even within the church, and even within us as the body of Christ, we cannot submit to one another. They see it. They see we, the way we give up each other, the way we insult one another, the way we, we insult our own pastors. They see it. We don't know how to follow order. There's no good order anymore in the church. People run away from being mentored. They run away from being told what to do. No, nobody's going to tell me, I know my own truth. What's your truth? What's your truth? So they look at us. And there is nothing to desire sometimes. So she needs to experience the Holy Ghost. That produces in the mind of a man the reality of the fact that you are falling short. Because with the eyes with which she's viewing herself, she's better than us. Better than us. So you see, this death is important because every day when you look at yourself and you look at the world, you may call yourself a righteous man. When I think about it, there are many things I don't do. There are many things I never did. So there are many things I'm not afraid of. I'm not afraid that one day I will so backslide they go find me for club. I not go club before. Why not now? I want constant. I know they take old age never habit. Do you understand? So there are some sins I cannot uh, fall into. Do you get what I'm saying? All those ones, uh, let me not anyway talk too much, but there are some things I know I... <clears throat> so when you are in that kind of place, what makes you die there? What makes you die there? It's only the Spirit of God. Only the Spirit of God that can bring conviction to your heart to matters that you cannot always explain to somebody else. Because you tell someone, you say, oh, there's nothing there now. Why is he pinching you? Why do you feel you've done bad? Because they are not where you are at. So it's impossible for them to understand where you have missed the mark. I don't know if we are still together. That's why in this our work we call, we must be careful. As we read Romans, as we read it, we must read in humility of spirit. Not with just the need to have head knowledge, but the need to receive knowledge that can transform you. There's a lot of head knowledge people in church today. Because if you wanted to read the Bible, you can read it over and over again now. If you know how to cram, you can cram it. It's a small thing. I have seen people who can teach. They will sit down and teach it, break through verse by verse, but no spirit. You will listen. Nothing changes in you. But I've also met people who can teach. They will say a verse that you have, you know. You know they can say something like, for God so loved the world. That he gave his own. The same verse that you know. As the person is saying it. Ali! 
spirit. So I'm not moved by people's high and lofty knowledge. I am not moved. But you see, we've come into a generation where knowledge is celebrated more than spirit. So you find a lot of people sitting there as pastors talking, they are judging. No, she didn't quote it right. No, subtext. You know. Spirit. It is the experience of the spirit that releases the power of the spirit. The child in the Holy Ghost is what releases his presence when you stand to minister. When you have journey with Christ, you don't preach sermons. You release the knowledge of him. You release revelation. You release the experience of Christ. And your words bring grace to people. It doesn't put a distance between them and God. It reconciles them to the Father. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly die. But God demonstrates none of the wrong ones. So my brothers and sisters, you also die to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused law were at work in us. So when you were in the realm of the flesh, it was very, very easy for you to be stirred to do certain things. Now that you're in the spirit, there are certain things that should not be easy for you. I'm not kidding. And after this service, you know, I'm just going to, after my husband comes up now, we're just going to pray for ourselves. There are certain things that should not be easy for you. You may do them, but they will be hard. If you are naturally rude, when you are in the spirit, it should be hard for you every time you are there. The Holy Ghost should constantly convict you. Because when you were in the realm of the flesh, you were easily aroused to rudeness. But you should not be easily stayed to do things that are wrong anyway. But if you do do them, it should be because it happened. And it should not be a habit. It should be hard. It should be hard. For instance, let's break it down. We are Christians. If you are selfish and you are a new man in Christ, that thing should be hard. If you see that you did it the first time, you felt convicted, the second time convicted, third time, maybe up to the 15th time, but now you are no more convicted. Sisters, listen to me. A part of you has died. I know when I die in some areas of my work with God. When the Lord tells me, see this thing, and I know here what? This thing, this thing, this thing. And you see, once again, it's all about authority, service, servant, master. As long as you are under the rule of the master called Christ, you are under the power of Christ and the life of Christ. But the moment you serve yourself, you have removed yourself from the power of Christ. So many of us are walking about in the realm of the spirit. Made no covering. No protection. No security detail. Just a worker. 
Even baby angel, they don't give you. Why? Just and you are even more in danger because you are walking in the realm of the spirit. Like seven sons of Skiva. That's why every time they will they flog you, they beat you. You are coming out every day, all kinds of things. Oh, every day. Every day. Now you need encouragement. Every day. Every day, you they are trying to make sure you don't leave the church, you don't leave the faith. Every day they are trying to manage you. Check yourself. Because what is exposing you to such an influence? So I know when the Lord is telling me, he said, watch this thing, watch this thing, watch this thing, watch this thing, watch this thing. It may even be a thought or an imagination or an opinion I have of someone or a place. And the Lord is telling me, watch it, watch it, watch it. If I don't check it, after a while, I don't hear him say, watch it. And then I begin to live the life. And the more I live the life of something that is against the will of God, the life of that disobedience is released to me. And so I begin to carry the aroma of the disobedience with me. And certain things begin to break down in my life. Hear me. There are some people that are having issues. It's not because a demon is after you. It's because you have broken certain standards in the spirit. You have exposed yourself. You have exposed yourself over something you could have simply submitted yourself to God for. You could have just simply said, okay, Lord, your way. Sin. Sin does not live in us anymore. But sin still exists. We must make sure that as we walk and as we walk in the spirit, we are constantly allowing the spirit to lead us. It could simply be, it could be as simple as, where should you be? It could be as simple as, shut up, don't sing for one year. It could be as simple as, you see that book you've written, don't release it. There are too many things in it that are erroneous. Don't the world. It could be as simple as the lyrics to that your album. Many of them are not right in the Holy Ghost. There are many things that are wrong. It could be as simple as your pastor told you the other day to leave this group. And you said, you know, where I am with God, I just kind of sense that the Holy Ghost which is I'm more of a crusade kind of person, you understand? I'm not like a... Oh gosh, how do I explain this? Auntie. The fact that you cannot explain it is why you should know that it should not be explained. See, I'm telling you, these things weaken us. They weaken us. This is what is killing our generation. So why you go about saying, where is the power in the church? This is what is weakening us. God is about standards. God is about standards. So sometimes you have to put yourself together. And putting yourself together is hard. Because it, and it requires that you deal with certain things in yourself. We must go past that stage where we defend our shortcomings by saying grace, grace is an insult to the throne of God. 
is an insult to the blood of Jesus. So did he die so that we could fall short once again? He died so that we could fulfill that which is required of us and even much more than was written on the tablet of stone. So grace is not permission. Grace is not liberty. Through us, you please, grace is empowerment to stay aligned with God. As we talk about all these things, please let us remember. Practically, practically, God is calling us deeper. Deeper. He says, now we are in the Holy Ghost. Don't leave this service and think to yourself that it's okay to go back as you are. I as a pastor, before I preach a sermon, I repent ten times. Because the Bible says that on the day of judgment, we will be judged more harshly. Our own will, will be stricter because we preach to you. So how can I read that kind of word and have audacity? I not first repent of my own sin, of my own shortcomings, of the times when I miss the mark. So I'm just hoping she wants to. So I, my husband is, you know they say two is one. And the kingdom one plus one is one. So there was a time when I thought I was outside of my husband. Yeah, there was a time when I thought that I'm P.I. He's Bobby. <laughs> so the day you see Bobby, go do meeting for maybe... Let's just call it the world. You know, I'll feel like you know that's not me, it's him, isn't that? No, 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 lie, we'll be one. No. The two of us go work together. Because last, last, did you go buy me roller school for and I don't go here? I if you buy me Jeep, I don't go drive. Eh? Of course, I will drive the Jeep. Who am I to refuse the gift from my beloved? You understand? So the day I realized that aunt, aunt, actually you are not separate from him. That was the day that his work with God, everything about him became my concern. Even in ways when I will not even ask how far. So his own aspect of this sermon is as important as mine because he's the part of me that touches the world. I touch the church. So I want to hear what you have. Yeah. Shagun, come, please. While you are ministering, the Lord gave me a word for you. Your voice is like that of John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way for the coming of the Son of God. The Lord said to tell you that he, was, he has given you the gift of the gift to scream on top of your voice to bring men to repentance. Your voice is a tool to bring many into the kingdom. The Lord said to tell you that you should soak yourself in the word. You should purge yourself of that which constantly pulls you back. I see your future bright and shining, but at the same time, there is, a, there is contention for your soul. The Lord said to break away, and you should break away from 
those things and break into the new potentials that he has placed upon you. Let's go bless you. Um, taking off away my wife's talks, you know, for me, I, I, I mean, when she was speaking, I kept on asking myself, like, okay, so how do we um, constantly live life in the spirits? You know, that's the question I kept, I kept asking myself. How do we constantly live life in the spirits? You know, because, I mean, we live in this world. You know, we are not in heaven. This is the earth. And the Bible says the earth he has given to the sons of men. So if you go for a business meeting, you are not, you are meeting human beings, you are not meeting spirits. So you need to meet with them as flesh to flesh. But when we come into the kingdom, God expects us to operate differently. Yeah, differently. So, um, uh, so I, I, I mean, I carry this burden of constantly checking. Okay, how do I live life in the spirit every day? You know, I'll say it's not easy. It's a lot of work. Um, but we have a manual you know, that we must always go back to, which is the Bible. Yeah, and um, so when she was speaking, I was asking myself, okay, how do you, if you go to school, you want to, to study medicine, you study books on science, medicine, and all. But if you come into the kingdom, what is the operative word in the kingdom? It's knowing God. But how do you know God if you don't stay with the word? How do you know him if you don't go to him? How do you get to that point where you can say, um, I have, I mean, nobody can really fully know God. That's the truth. You cannot fully say you know him. You know, even Billy Graham, before he died, he he was still studying to know God after like 50 years of, you know, actively being involved in ministry. So with God, you must constantly soak yourself in the world. You know, so, um, there's a scripture I want to share. Let me just break this down. Um, it's one of my my best scriptures in the Bible. It's in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Yeah. If you can put it up, please. Joshua one eight. He said, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and be successful. So if we want to know God, you know, what's the, what the, the scripture is saying is that we need to get to the point where we are constantly in the world. You know, we are constantly studying to know God, to know more about Him so that He would daily you know, guide for, for me. What I do is sometimes I want to do something and I don't want to hear God on that matter. I don't study, I just go off. You know, I don't open my Bible because I know that if I open my Bible, I'll hear what I don't want to hear. You know, so I run away from God. But that is not the way, that's not how it should be. You know, what we must get to the point where our manual for existence, our manual for life, our tool should be, you know, being soaked the word of God. In Romans chapter 8 verse 14 uh, Romans 8 14 as I round up this small exhortation he said for as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God 
So the question for me is, are you led by the Spirit or are you led by the flesh? You know, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. So the thing is, I think in this our generation, right, we we are, we, we are constantly bombarded by the different things that we see, you know, social media, or TV, or TV, you know, just left, right, and just different things. But one thing I must, you know, that's, for me, what worked for me was, I, I, kept, I, I said to myself, Bobby, okay, I've done it my way for a long time, right? But when I look at myself living life in the spirit, they're two different, you know, it's so interesting. And when I compare where I was in the world and where I was living in the spirit, they're two different. It's interesting. You know, my choices are different when I'm in the spirit. I do things I don't regret them because I took those decisions based on life in the spirit. So life in the flesh would life in the flesh would sometimes take you back into pain, into sin. But life in the spirit gives you fulfillment. And you feel like I took this decision knowing that this was what God wants me to do. Question Bobby as you round yeah. up. Yeah. There's a there's a terrible vibe of burnout. People are tired, stressed. With, with, with work and everything how has working with the spirit helped you against that burnout you know how hustle you know how it, streets now streets there's that now how do you handle that burnout because you, you want to work hard you want to strive you want to I, I work in the spirit so yesterday I was saying to somebody that you know there's a place of rest in God there's a place of rest in God so if you want to come into the rest of God you need to learn to shut out the world, right? So there's this notion that we have that, oh, you have to hustle, you have to work hard, you have to, you know? I mean, I don't, for me, God works differently with me. So I always say that when you come into God, your, your journey with God is peculiar to you, Fedi. Let me not use my head knowledge to tell you this is what God, exactly, I don't do that. My knowledge of God is peculiar to me. But I come, I've come into the rest of God where I don't toil like many. I don't. I don't want to toil. I don't want to. I don't. I'm not interested. I can do three, four, five things a year, and I'll be okay. That is how God works for me. For you, it may be that you have to wake up every morning, but you need to find out what works for you, based on the word of God and based on what God has said about you, Fedi. Do you understand? It's not about me. It's about what what is God saying to you? So a friend called me yesterday, and I said, you know what? The, the rest of the world. I mean, the world has a pattern. And if you're not careful, you will sink into the Babylonian pattern that the world has built. You will sink in and you stay there. You may be okay, you may be successful, you know. But it also comes with a lot of, I don't know, so many drama. But once you find out how God works for you and works with you, stay there. And then grow in the knowledge of God. The world is growing in the knowledge of God daily. Shutting out the world and digging yourself in living in the spirit because for me I, I feel like it's tough I'm not saying sometimes I don't want like I said sometimes I don't want to open the Bible because he will tell me things I don't want to hear no that's the truth but I always have to go back I just pick myself up and say you know what boom I come back no vex so, you know let's let's deal you know so but I mean what I'll say to my my in summary I want to say Living life in the spirit is the best thing that is the best decision that anybody can take. And staying with the world, meditating on the world, finding out what 
his plan for your life is. Those you can only find out if you know him. If you don't know him, you can't be blessed by him. Thank you. Can I just... The question to Shuko asked something Bobby said when he said God's plan for you specifically. I found out that there are many like grind hustle that we get into that God did not ask us to. I'm, I'm very, very serious. So part of living life in the spirit, I think the first fundamental thing is finding out what is God's plan for you. There was a time when I didn't know who I was called to be, you see. I was already preaching, teaching, pastoring, doing everything, doing ministry. But I didn't know who I was called to be. And part of my journey in the last five years is discovering my own place. So there were a lot of meetings I attended. A lot of places I ministered. Initiatives I did that I had no business doing. Because I did not know who I was called to be. So there are some meetings I will never have. Some people that even if they throw themselves in front of me, can't want me not dollars, follow I say, Pastor, this for you be my pastor. I will never pastor them because I know I'm not called to pastor that person. Jonathan, so it reduces my stress level, both physically and spiritually. It reduces my hustle and my need to be. There was a time when my marriage, I used to think, God, I will spend hours praying, fasting, until one day, God just advised me. He just see. I like it when you come to me because we spend time together when you spend five hours praying for marriage. He said, but there's no need. He said, the day you will realize that the man you are married is your husband and the marriage you have is the marriage I ordained for you. He said, that's the day you have peace. And when the Lord said, it was as if something happened to me and I stepped back and for the first time I saw the wisdom of God in our setup. And I peace. Because all of a sudden I realized, coming back to sin, that some things I thought were shortcomings and we missing the mark as a couple were actually the play of God's wisdom. So it reduced the brain of thinking, ah, we are missing it. Ah, Bobby has to adjust. Ah, I have to adjust. No, this is how we are. There are some things my husband takes from me by lying, another man will go green. Some things I do as a woman, many women are not allowed to do it. But he does it with so much ease and grace. That I know only God, it could only be God. And there are many things that I take from him that other women in ministry, mothers of the Lord, can never. Do you understand? Father, they will issue out notice. This is to inform the public that I have, I reverend, he say, I from today obey the will of God by separating myself. Those are, but, you know, as I, I didn't realize that it is God. Because I love it and I love the person and I love his own. It's like we are so different. The day I accepted that you see we have a unique pattern and this is the Lord's building. That was the day I had peace. My hustle stopped. So you see this grind that we are grinding. So living by the spirit begins with the word and ends with knowing the Lord. It is in the knowledge of God you receive rest. You then know this one is for me, this one is not for me. And you can relax. Uh, you can relax. There are some deals you should not chase. Because if you calm down and hear God, He will tell you, it's not your way, you are not getting it. Thank you so much, Priyambodi. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at 
hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.